This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast. It is a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I will have you know. Uh, I'm Dave Etler. On today's show, listener Adil sent us his thoughts on right to try legislation. Trump administration walks back their proposal to take back Ebola fighting money. A potential way med students can make some money if they're brave enough. <laughs> and the mysteries of REM sleep. Are they solved? My co-hosts today, I should mention, are Aline Sanduk. Hi. Kylie Miller. Hello. And Amy Hansen. Hola. Amy Hansen, where have you been? After the election, I was scarred. I couldn't come Did back you? for another podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Were you on the show where we processed yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that was, the, wow. That was the last show you were on. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you for coming today. I, I believe you've been in Des Moines. I have. I moved to Des Moines, died in Rose again after step one. Yeah. And so now you, we are here. <laughs> so, yeah. She's essentially med school Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were you doing? What were you doing in Des Moines for listeners who don't know what we do in Des Moines? I was doing my core year of clerkships in Des Moines. And yeah. then I moved. So we have a branch campus in Des Moines. Yep. And so I did all my core rotations there. And then it was Christmas break and time to study for step one. So I moved to St. Louis with my family, studied there for a couple months, and came back to all of this fun advanced clerkship nonsense. I she just couldn't stand to be away from me, so she came back. And since we've been doing urology and radiology and all the fun stuff together, you roped her in to to do the show. Yeah, is my I, I did. Yeah, you, I thought you meant to urology. I'm like, who needs no, roping no, no. in scrotums? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe scratch. <laughs> We're not even two minutes in, and Kylie's hey. yelling scrotums. Scrotums. That was a great pun too, actually. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be our new. Uh, Tagline for the show. Short code podcast, scrotums. <laughs> uh, what, what are you guys? Uh, what are you? So you're doing, you did radiology and neurology together. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. You guys are doing clerkships. Yep. Uh, Alina, of course, is doing what she does. Yep. Which is be, be all sciencey. In the science abyss. Yeah. Or paradise, depending on your project. <laughs> Do you have windows or are you like in a basement? No, I'm really lucky. She's got a sweet window. Yeah. I'm in this building on the second floor and actually my window so the listeners won't know what this means but if you ever come to campus um the these three buildings that are mainly occupied by the med students um and labs kind of encircle a courtyard so my window looks into the courtyard so i get to see everything yeah she doesn't have to look at the parking garage she gets to look at the fun stuff that's (laughs) happening and go why can't i be down there i'm up here studying (laughs) and getting paler by the moment well like some of the fun will splash onto me through the through the window Mm A couple of shows ago, we covered the new federal right to try law, uh, allowing patients to seek treatment with experimental drugs outside the FDA's compassionate use programs. Uh, Some of us were skeptical, others were cautiously optimistic about uh, whether that was a good idea or not. Listener Adil uh, wrote in because he had apparently written a year before 
a uh, scholarly paper of some sort on right to try legislation and its implications for patients, clinicians, and researchers. He wrote it about a year ago, as I said. There, at the time, there were 22 states with right to try laws and no national right to try law. Um, but it did clarify some things that we didn't know, but in some cases suspected. So I thought I would go over that because I really do appreciate Adil sending in his, uh, his work and sort of clarifying that stuff for me. Um, we suspected manufacturers would not necessarily be compelled or incentivized to do anything about a patient's request for access to treatment, um, which is actually true. Manufacturers can do whatever they want with a patient's request from ignoring it to charging lots of money for access. So, where did we land on that? On on which side we, did we land of that debate? We pretty much figured that that was the case, mm-hmm. that that was true, and that that was you know not great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Lean, you were there for that discussion. Yeah, I remember. Uh, we knew that uh, there were already compassionate use procedures that allowed patients to get access to experimental drugs, but we didn't know much about how that works. <laughs> Um, turns out that the FDA already approves 99% of compassionate use requests they get. Hmm. Um, and um, they even help patients fill out the forms. They made a special effort following some criticism of the application process to shorten the paperwork process so that it takes less than 45 minutes to fill out the paperwork. So Dave, are you saying this might just be the administration's you know, attempt at making it look like they're passing useful legislation that is going to have no impact. Now, Kylie, (laughs) you know that I would never suggest such a thing about politicians. We're a nonpartisan podcast. That's right. But it does seem like it might be a waste of time and taxpayer funded dollars, things going towards these efforts that that don't necessarily need to be put in writing if there isn't a current issue. Or... To replicate things that already exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Or to just, you know, do it just because we can cut out, we can cut out a, um, what seems like from the outside an overly bureaucratic process, but without taking into account. As we said on the show, the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. One of the details happens to be that we already have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, we, I don't think we discussed the problems with consent that the new law poses. Oh, really? Yes. So let's think about it. I did not think about it. Adil thought about it. Um, Right to try only requires drugs that have gone through a phase one trial, which only tests dosage toxicity, Um, which, you know, proponents claim that patients are capable of making a decision with their physician to try a drug Uh, that's that's only gone through phase one trials. Um, Informed consent though in this case isn't really possible um at least as far at least in as much as um the you know possible side effects the um uh you know things like you know how likely is it to kill you how likely is it not to cure you you know like all this kind of stuff basically the physician would have to say i don't know um which is informed and that the physician is disclosing everything the physician knows yeah i suppose it's technically correct but it's not really the not all the information you really need to make a decision right and i think i'm not super familiar with some of like the cases that kind of are a testament for allowing the right to try thing but my pushback from the other side of it is that we're more willing to potentially put patients in like the line of danger or um you know kind of alter their 
what may, they may have is like remaining quality of life, all of these things. Um, and we have these discussions, but a lot of times I feel like we're not concurrently having the palliative care, or like goals of care discussions yes. that we really should be having. And we're guilty of that too, as physicians in not a, approaching the subject early enough or not being as maybe honest and blunt with patients. And I feel like I might've talked about this on the show before. It's like a really big point for me, but that we as a culture and a society are not comfortable enough with the thought of death. And I, a lot of these patients are young and have a lot of life ahead of them and they have these tragic diagnoses and things, but sometimes where do we just finally say like, let's have a different conversation. Yeah. Well, and that is one of the things that his paper brought up, in fact, mm-hmm. was that the, you know, the, 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 the existence of these, you know, experimental drugs and the access to it could derail a potential conversation about palliative care and end of life concerns and all that kind of stuff. Something which, as you point out, we already do a not, not great job of. So, um, I didn't realize, but about half the state's right to try laws allow insurance companies to stop covering a patient once they begin experimental drug drug use mm. um, oh. to one extent or another. Yeah, um, that I would I like think Colorado, sure. from what I read, has the worst, has the most, um, the, the most, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, it, it basically removes most of the insurance hmm. responsibility the responsibility of the insurance company so basically and and so they could even not cover you for things that are unrelated to your use of the experimental that is a drug. faustian deal if i ever heard of one right like, hey this drug might save your life but then if you live you'll have millions in medical bills perhaps yeah Ugh. um there is a problem with patients overestimating how effective a drug mm-hmm. in clinical trials will be it's the pitfall of hope. Yes. So, yeah, if you're terminally ill. And um, <clears throat> some patients may believe that trying untested drugs will help future patients. But that's not how good research work. Jaden did point out the problems with, um, with essentially with, you know, gathering data from these compassionate use programs. You can't really use that data for much. Well, patients often conflate um, mm-hmm. uh research with therapy yeah uh especially in these cases well i'm going to do this to help future patients it doesn't again doesn't can, work that way we can glean a little bit of information but it's very fraught yeah and another thing is they think they're helping future patients and they're appealing to their family's wishes um so many of the kind of conversations around like goals of care or like prolonging treatment in patients we see it's not the patient the patient has had more of that internal conversation of what they expect their outcomes to be and what they want their kind of progression to look like, um, whether that be like hospice care, or pursuing aggressive or, or experimental treatments. But the family has not had that conversation or they aren't willing to approach that conversation and they kind of hold on to a lot of these means. And so I think most people really appeal to their family's wishes rather than their own. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah, that would strike me as like a definitely a possibility that one has to consider. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I appreciate uh, Adil sending in his paper. I think it really helped me understand more um, about the problems. And I hope for our other listeners, uh, I, I did uh, tell Adil he should he should uh, you know turn this into a some sort of editorial 
piece and, and sort of get this published somewhere. I thought it was uh, pretty useful. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But then Donald Trump will be mad at him. Well, <laughs> oh, life goal get blocked by Trump on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. No, Trump Twitter. <laughs> hey, a while back, we bemoaned the Trump administration. Z proposal to reclaim $252 million in unspent Ebola funds. Uh, money left over from the $54 billion the U.S. designated to fight the 2014-2016 Ebola outbreak in West Africa. Apparently, he was listening because he decided that uh, the administration would now walk back like that idea. Um, so there were people who were afraid that the rescission, this, this is what they call taking money back, um, the rescission along with forcing out two top administration officials in charge of um, epidemic response at the White House and the dissolution of the National Security Council's team on global security signaled a further move toward isolationism by the U.S. But those people are feeling a little better about things to the tune of $8 million. Um, so the administration unlocked an additional $8 million to, to, fight, to fight disease ab abroad, as opposed to the $252 million that they that took back. So Thoughtful. Yeah. Like pocket change. Please. I was getting, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's basically like one uh, influenza vaccine research trial, basically. Mm -hmm. For us, for, it's like charging us for a summer gym membership at this point. What's another hundred bucks? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Somebody's bitter about something. <laughs> yeah. Not sure I know the whole story about that. Let's, let's just chime in there, too, that Amy has like cautiously walked besides me. I've working out one day this week and then subsequently limping for three days. <laughs> that is the life of a med student. Did you? Uh, yeah. I, I was walking down the hallway with uh, with Kylie and Were noticing. You walking or hobbling well, with her? I, I was doing fine, I thought, but I kept seeing out of the corner of my eye um, Kylie looking like she was. Uh, having some trouble Apparently, more trouble than usual you were working out with amy no i thought you said you were working out with sophie sophie who's yeah. sophie sophie is an m1 here mm -hmm. um, but she's also um kind of on the military mm. she's a she's workout a uh, plan <laughs> <laughs> um, that's who you really want to pair really, with when she you're encourages me and she pushes me but sometimes i'm like sophie you cannot feel the muscles tearing from my bones <laughs> <laughs> so we can cut that no, all of that no we don't need to do that <laughs> i just love the fact that you're all you were all pained and that it turns out amy was sharing a little bit in your she was just you know <laughs> walking slowly encouraging me the whole way oh so you were not having pain no there was you, no pain involved you were just being nice to kylie i was because wellness is a thing in med school you know i work out once every three months and Engaging all I, kinds of other. I think most experts agree that that is the proper amount of working out. <laughs> okay, we cannot start spreading falsehoods. It's what five days, thirty minutes activity a week. Aline, do you work out? Mm, I try to and fail miserably. Yeah. But well, so recently I discovered the stairmaster, <laughs> and it's actually great. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, it's not as rocky and you know jarring as running. Uh, for no particular reason uh, and you can talk and you know watch something at the same time without having like your eyeballs bouncing up and down so yeah, sounds like terrible that. and if you can't afford a stairmaster just Use. run up to the burn and trauma unit on the eighth floor every day <laughs> find the <laughs> tallest building in your town and I draw a line at town. one flight <laughs> if it's two flights taking the elevator 
because you know if i'm taking if the i can't elevator, speak at the top if i'm taking the <laughs> elevator for like a substantially like low substantially low quality or quantity of stairs and then i try and like look like i have an excuse mm-hmm. like well, i have been limping this week and i'm like now everyone can see i should be taking the elevator for only three flights of stairs because <laughs> i'm always worried about the external appearances of things I always have that awkward moment when I get in the elevator where you try to justify like, oh, I just can't do this on a Monday morning, you know, going up to the A floor and then the person next to me pushes floor <laughs> three and then I have this guilt for making them feel bad about using the elevator and it's just this very complex process. Elevators are very complex social Actually, interactions. they they are. For, for a, a tiny room where you don't speak in general, it's very fraught. I try to be that person that speaks to you. Oh, hey, how's your day going? And you know, Those, yeah, but you're irritating everybody else. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Dave, for calling me out. But see, the awkwardness so is irritating to me. So I just I don't know what to do. Yeah. But in the children's hospital one morning, I'm still navigating our new children's <laughs> hospital. I didn't do my spend my pediatric rotation there, so I have no idea where I'm going. And I like finally find my way to the staff elevators. I'm going up, and I. Like, forget you have to badge in in order to decide what floor you're going to. And I just keep incessantly pressing the button. The lady's like, you got a badge, hon. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's just so early. And she's like, it's 930. My shift is almost over. And I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. She doesn't know your life. <laughs> she doesn't. And it was a pretty cush life that week. I didn't have to be here until nine. It sounds like a poor choice of excuse. That's, I know. Next time I'm going to be like, sorry, admit, still like, drunk from last yeah. night. <laughs> sorry, sorry, really still don't know things. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that uh, I always do when I get on the elevator is if I have to like go up one floor, I'll just say, I'm sorry, I couldn't find the stairs. I'm very sorry. That's Ooh. that's valid. That's a, that's a legitimate reason to use the elevator because just, the stairs look, are not always obvious. Just walk in that elevator, push that one floor button. Turn around and stare people in the eye and what? dare them. What are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. So actually, Dave. Here's yeah, I'm taking the I'm taking the elevator up one flight. <laughs> I would have taken it up half a flight if that worked. Here's a question for you, Dave. Yeah. So confrontation. Do men think about these little things as much as like we do about I, what everyone else is thinking about? This us man using does. The elevator. This okay. man does. I get concerned about like what the checkers thinking at the grocery store. Oh yeah. I don't think you're the norm, Dave. I think most guys are like they just have yeah. like that little monkey, you know, clapping the symbols together, <laughs> like in the, the Phantom of the Opera. Music when it box. comes to when it comes to emotional decision making, they're probably like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right. I don't mean to no. put all men in a box. I just feel like our decisions throughout the day are a lot more fraught, and I try and reassure myself: no one is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. I, I look. I have confidence that that is true. Like that statement that you just made is true, but. It doesn't make any difference to the amount of time that I spend thinking about what other people, what I think other people might be thinking about me. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like. So tying this back to like the med school thing, though, I think half of our fear, at least half of our fears are validated by the fact that on clerkships, the point of you being there is for them to serve like in evaluating you and to monitor kind of your every move. And so I think I'm now hyper vigilant as to what people are thinking about me. Yeah, that would Mm -hmm. that would make me. So Crazy. tying that all back into the, the well done med school dilemma and and subtly done too. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, it's always reassuring then too when they say like, "Oh, what's your name again?" and you're like, "So all of this worrying I've been doing could have been me. It could have been Kylie. They don't remember anyway." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You always got to read more. It's always reading. <laughs> yeah, or how they can 
uniquely spin the phrase, keep reading. Yeah. Kylie had a very interesting spin on that the other day. Yeah. In urology, I got to continue to expose yourself to literature on subspecialty knowledge or something. Wow. It's like just oh. elaborating on the phrase. That's. I have to say, I've been, you know, because of MSBs, I've been looking through comments and uh, psych this year is very verbose. I, if I didn't know Typical. what, if I didn't know what uh, clerkships you've done, I would have said, I would have instantly said psych. Because <laughs> now, because for some reason this year, like the people who are submitting comments are like way overboard. Like usually it's like, you know, hardworking, uh, excellent, motivated, uh, excellent presentations. Uh, psych what is are like you writing fan letters. Yes, yeah, psych I, is like writing fan letters this, this time. Exactly. Dave, I you're believe, gonna hate mine then. I got like paragraphs in psych. <laughs> I've been writing down like if I was to teach, if I was to teach how to comment, I've been writing down what I would want them to say. This is my therapy while I do this. Maybe we should have a podcast about you know, a podcast out to providers on how to better evaluate medical students. Maybe we should. I, think there's value in a bit more of an expansive narrative because no no no, it's fine <laughs> the, no i Especially okay i'm sorry awesome. i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt you go ahead no i'm just saying i when i get things like hardworking student cares about her patients i'm like did you copy and paste this mm-hmm. but when there's a little more context in like the terms of psychology or psychiatry wow that we should edit that. yeah that's wow. embarrassing you're just sucking um, wind there Radiology has just been so exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? All that darkness. Um, no, no, no. I, I agree. It's just that you can say the same thing with 50% fewer words in a very, Ooh. in a very descriptive way. You don't have, Dave. Is- I'm just having an epiphany for a new podcast game. What? We all come in like with very extensive evaluations and and you, oh and I would you, and you, you edit the med student evaluation oh, and yes. we have to cut it down into like that is brilliant. That's um, great. I or love it. You read us really good ones and we turn them into like bad cliches. I wish I could read you. I wish I could feel good about reading people's comments. <laughs> Dave, I'll I'm give sure you mine. You can I'll pull let you mine. Read my comments. I'm sure there's a FERPA violation of Do it. Uh, there. But Do it. you know what? What's one more acronym that I don't know what it means? It's FERPA's like, like right up there with HIPAA. Yeah. I'm not allowed oh, to. Oh, wait, I did yeah. for a training. Bit synonymous. <laughs> yeah, you did for That was training. a while back. Don't do yeah. it. That don't was a while back. It. Back when you worked at a university. Mm-hmm. It's like, I shouldn't go posting my students' grades on Facebook. Pretty much. I, I think there's more to it. Live tweeting their academic failures. Yeah. <laughs> Live streaming them we taking used to, the test. I used to keep a, uh, I, I do admit that I used to keep a uh, Word document full of ridiculous comments that, um, you know, residents and attendings had oh. provided. Mm-hmm. But eventually I decided, I mean, it was, you know, it was secure and everything, but eventually I decided that I should well, probably get rid of that. And they're anonymous in that if they're. That's, I don't know. Yeah, well. I mean, one of my favorite ones was after I spent a few weeks interpreting Spanish for this physician, and I really thought we had this great relationship, and I asked her to evaluate me. I was like, man, she's going to talk about how great I am with people who speak only Spanish, and Spanish was helpful, I guess. That was a really great one. Wow. I wow. the I guess out. Hard. Wow. So passive aggressive. I know, right? I just, Welcome to the Midwest. I believe I just did your MSP <laughs> yesterday, so you could get a you could get a look at it after the show. Did you get to edit out the I guess? I can't remember, but uh <laughs> So yeah, like what are what do we get to edit out? I think we've asked you this before, but can we choose like one or two things if they're not characteristic of us? 
uh, like someone who called me anxious and sensitive. You don't and- get to you you don't get to choose anything. <laughs> Um, has all the power. I have one evaluation in which they saw the real true me. Like everyone else has seen the front. You can, <laughs> you can. Uh, this one saw the back. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You. We can. We can talk about. We. We can talk about. You could suggest or you could ask for something different. But yeah, I think a lot of schools do different things in their students' dean's letters or MSPE. I've heard another program where they get to pick like two yeah. sentences from the whole letter to. Yeah. Cut. Well. I just saying I do my best for you, but got to put in what's what's there. That's what I tell my attendings every morning. See, <laughs> now I get in trouble. <laughs> what? Uh, that wasn't sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you took it? <laughs> okay, it's your fault. Uh, Guys, uh, money's always tight for medical students. Am I right? Tell me about it. Mm, yeah. Uh, by the way, I only just feel like I've made it in life, so. Yeah, with yeah. A, got a new house. Yeah, yeah, I'm all fancy. But, so <laughs> what, I, what I was meaning to say by that is, you know, it may be a while yet before you feel it. Anyway, what if I told you you could make a cool 3500 bucks? That's 3500 while staying at a newly remodeled hotel for just 12 days. Hmm? Sign me up. Okay. What if I told you that it's a hotel at St. Louis University, which is offering people who agreed to be infected with influenza after getting a flu shot or a placebo. That's the condition. Hmm. So you could not, I mean, the placebo is in you could not yeah. infected with flu and you're just going to get it by staying at the hotel. No, 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 no. They're going to give you the flu. They're going to inject you with flu virus and then give you a vaccine oh. or a placebo. Uh, sure. You- I'll take 3500 bucks. <laughs> I mean, it depends, I guess, on what's if it's like the strains that affect the young, healthy people, like maybe you question it more. But if it's like the ones that go for the old folks, you know, we're, we'll be fine. Wait, are there are there different ones that go for different? I thought it was like basically, you know, infants and old folks are more susceptible to the flu in general. And no, I think it's H1N1, like particularly targets like younger, healthier oh. adolescents and adults. Um, they're different yeah. strains kind of. Yeah. Well, and do we get these twelve days off of clerkships? Because I think you would have to. Yeah. Okay. Just clarifying. Yeah. And Dave, I've already ranted to you about this, but I'm like, I would get paid thirty five hundred dollars. Sign me up because while on internal medicine, my first clerkship had strep throat going in, and then managed to contract the flu Mm. in at the end of January. Um, and I like did the math based on what we pay for tuition and the number of weeks I'm on this rotation. And I was like, essentially, I paid six thousand dollars to acquire the flu from oh, my patients. Um, and I stinks. I don't know that I've ever had the real flu and I wanted to die. Um, what do you mean you don't know that you've ever everybody gets the flu? I don't understand no, this. That's people, not true. I, I don't uh, understand this because people are like, oh, I've never had the flu. I got there. I went through a stage in my life where I got every flu. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a personal Dave, yeah. problem. I'm, so we're gonna not, but that no was me this January. Anything there was, I caught. <laughs> um, and I was supposed to be rotating on Hemonk, mm. and as like an infectious vector of disgustingness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like once you're not febrile after a couple days, they're like, you know, come back. You just have to wear a mask and stuff. But like when every fluid of your body is draining out your face, and you are still sweating and 
maybe a little bit dehydrated and you're wearing this mask that's trapping everything. Like there are just there are a lot of they better don't ways I could think to make money. Yeah. Well, you mean to spend money? Well, <laughs> yeah, but also from the standpoint of going to stay in this hotel, like are there waiter or like how what do you call it? Are there room waiters? Is, is, is there, there room rooms? service? I believe there's there, room service. Is there a turn down service? Yeah, if someone's going to come take care of me like my mom would in this hotel with the flu, because that's the thing, yeah. when you're in med school, oh, everyone is Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I would assume that, I would hope, so this is an NIH study, <laughs> so let's, let's just continue. Uh, it is part of a research project at the SLU's Extended Stay Research Unit. Uh, they actually, I believe they actually purchased a hotel for this purpose. They're going to take their vaccine research up to the next level. Um, there is, this is one of nine NIH funded um, uh, projects like this around the country. Huh. I would um, not want to write the IRB for this. These are called <laughs> human challenge that, what studies. What does that grant look like? We're going to buy a hotel. <laughs> We're going to retrofit it. And well, half of it is for politicians and their misguided Ooh. evenings and the other half is to infect people with influenza yeah, and we swear we won't uh, we won't Makes link the up two. the ventilation systems well, i'm just sitting here thinking like this would be an interesting thing to talk about in interview season yeah hmm. yeah you could do that my stay at the hotel right i'm so hmm. committed to research that i turned down the 3500 dollars. so how many people are they enrolling i don't know it's it, this is supposed to be a faster way to study vaccines since researchers know exactly when exposure has occurred um they can watch for signs of infection over a few days rather than giving somebody a vaccine and then waiting for them to get the flu or not over the course of a season or whatever so um yeah so just an option i like to give you guys options are there jacuzzi tubs in this hotel? I hope there should be. AKA Germville. <laughs> Are there actual moms to serve you chicken soup? Yes. That's what you need. Are there any Afghans there? Yes. Not not Afghan and Af Afghani people, but the Afghan blankets. Afghan yes, the blankets. <laughs> like the kind your grandma knits. Yeah. I yeah. can still picture who my grandma's Afghan. Yeah. Yeah. Will Netflix be provided? Oh, yeah. Good. Are you kidding? All right. I would be like well, that, that right that there. That right there would be like, like if I can't have access to my, to my binge watching for the time, actually, Ooh. that is the dream to get paid to just binge watch Netflix. So here's like my feel thing. Sorry for you yourself. say Netflix, I take it to the next level. If you're putting a bunch of young, healthy people together in a hotel and like Netflix, all these, you know, maybe a jacuzzi tub, there's got to be some like real supervision that goes on though, to make sure you're not like cross contaminating your people True. with the vaccine and the mm. placebo True. and, uh, well, I guess if you're no, everyone's getting exposed though, right? No, there's placebo and there's and there's a uh, there was vaccine. Oh, I thought that they were giving everyone's exposed, but oh, some people everybody have is the exposed. Placebo, yes, some people. So I get it. Either way, you're getting exposed, so it's fine. And do there as are, you want. And there are like in a hotel Netflix room. and chill. Yes, <laughs> Kylie is saying that this is the influenza <laughs> sex hotel. This this is going to be the episode <laughs> I be don't the want residency directors to listen to. Hey, now it just sounds like The Bachelor at this Look, point. Oh, they could bachelor probably in paradise. They, maybe I mean maybe <laughs> for bachelor certain in St. Louis. <laughs> Maybe for a certain population of people, they could just lower the the cost, you know, the the uh, incentive that they pay to people because it's gonna they're, it's gonna be like sexy time. You don't know. So so these people are allowed to like commingle. I don't know. <laughs> We're we lonely, Dave. I don't know. Lean's in a lab all day. I have nice people around me. Okay. <laughs> oh, do you commingle with them? 
Well, well when you put it like that and say it like yeah, that, ew. no, I do not. I commingle with them. <laughs> I, no I fraternize with them. That's, That's right. better. Um, all right. Well, it's an option. If, you, if any of you decide to, if any of you St. Louis students uh, decide to go and, and do that, let me know how it goes. Yeah. Otherwise, you could sell your plasma and literally have the life sucked out of you for money. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's another option i've never done that pills. should i do that am i uh, am i beyond I the age where they would it. want no, my plasma yeah, i've had plasmapheresis before so yeah. you could yeah. but i don't think it's a great idea some of the paces, places that pay for it though i've heard it's kind of some people ethically don't like it because you can donate plasma for free some places but then the for-profit places do charge exorbitant amounts and so i mean ultimately you're not necessarily oh. passing on the the like gift to the patient the patient's still gonna have to purchase it i mean then your plasma is at least available but okay mm-hmm. any of you pre-meds listening to this don't worry med school is actually super great and we have tons of money to spend on everything we want to do oh yeah i used my loans to go, to go to- <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying that sometimes people do fight especially if you're like you know supporting a family or different things or trying to make loan payments make- for undergrad and whatnot but you're we're not saying you're going to be financially unstable i feel very stable able to provide for my needs yeah that's good that you uh qualified the word stable there um <laughs> <laughs> pop quiz guys oh god why do mammals need rem sleep it makes them warm i may or may not have googled this topic before we had this discussion really god damn there's a really cute oh, picture of a walrus prepared. or oh. something. That's what I yeah. showed you before. Oh, it, that is, it was so cute. Amy what was it? Hansen. It was a manatee. Was a, what was it? Oh, God. Oh, I've never known how, like, destitute the people of Iowa were for sea mammals. Like, <laughs> I know. The, it was a seal. <laughs> a walrus. It was, it was like a young adolescent seal she showed. A walrus have tusks. Yeah. And manatees are morbidly obese. If you guys could only see the look on the looks, I should say, on Kylie's face. Kylie is like I'm as so it was offended. dawning on her. As a Californian, <laughs> it's obvious Dave, this we only the occasionally, thumbnail for the podcast yeah. this week. We um we only occasionally have seals on Cape Cod, but even I know that, you know, from the other coast. Ooh, Cape Cod. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll read the tag here. Fur seals can switch off and on REM sleep when they're in the sea and on land, a pattern never seen before. Yeah, well. My apologies, Kylie. Yeah, Seals are seal. very great, intelligent, <laughs> occasionally violent animals, like someone else you might know. Big bird. No. Oh, so. <laughs> I meant me. Oh, okay. Well, no one knows for sure at this point. I don't. I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but no one knows for sure. Big Bird's not a mammal. He's a bird. What REM sleep is for? Um, it seems to be necessary. Older studies uh, show that if you deprive rats of REM sleep, they die in about two weeks. So, it seems to be necessary. Um, but this new study of fur seals by American and Russian scientists suggests that the real REM, the real reason REM is important, is as Amy suggested, our brains get too cold. It's a way of regulating the brain's temperature. So fur seals live on both land and water. They spend many weeks swimming in the ocean, um, but then they live on land to mate and care for their babies. (laughs) Um, So the researchers studied seals kept in a pool where they chose to swim or hang out on a dry platform. Uh, 
First, they recorded the seals in the pool with the platform for a couple days. Then they removed the platform so the seals could only swim. Which, you Seems know. like a good way to force someone to work out, I guess. Seems a little... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just take away. Kylie's yeah. new workout plan. <laughs> um, we uh, have about equal amounts of blubber, so... On the plat... No, you. On the platform... <laughs> Seals sleep just like land mammals do. They have periods of slow wave sleep alternating with REM sleep. But in the pool, their brains acted like those of dolphins. Their brains began to sleep one hemisphere at a time, Whoa. which must be pretty trippy. Maximum efficiency. That was pretty neat. Yeah. So, uh, they switch back and forth. Um, this might, this is supposed to help them avoid uh, predators and drowning. Mm. All right. So with that background, Sounds and, this, and the seals got almost no REM sleep. So with that background, they're beginning to think REM might not be so vital. Maybe what killed those rats was just the experimenters pissing them off for like, you know, two weeks. Yeah. And they were so stressed out that they died. Any stress, I feel like, in a rat's body causes cancer. Like, yeah. Rats are a little. I don't know if that does that quickly, but rats are very sensitive. For, for <laughs> yeah, for, especially lab rats probably. I mean, for, mm -hmm. for like street rats, you know, they're probably under stress all the time, but. I was going to say, have you been to New York? Yeah. Like the subway system is in. But how much infested. stress is there? They're just, you know. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't be stressed if you lived near a bunch of like trains underground. Yeah. But if I was the size of like a Labrador, I mean, <laughs> those rats are huge. If any rats are listening and want to write in about the stresses they experience and correct me, I'm totally down with that. The fittest well, survived. Pretty much all my rats have died of cancer. Okay. You are just a little miss animal knowledge base over here today. <laughs> that or mycoplasma pneumonia. We've They're talked on the show about how you had rats and that you loved your rats. Yeah. <laughs> Cancer machines. So, so yeah, REM sleep might not be all that vital. Researchers think that the real function of REM sleep might be just to keep the brain warm. Dolphins and seals, hemispheres, alternately switching back and forth um, from active to sleep. They don't need REM to keep their brains warm. They are just switching back and forth. But on land, because they don't need to worry about predators and drowning, they default to the more usual REM slash slow wave alternating pattern to keep their brains cozy. For now, it's just an interesting idea, but hmm. I kind of like the, I, the, the... Whenever I read about dolphins switching their hemispheres back and forth, I just think, wow, that must be a weird feeling. They become I, more I artistic don't think they feel and more science-y. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how would... You don't think they, they would feel it what, what if humans did that oh, let's speculate if humans could do that, that. <laughs> if you if humans could do that what what would change like just so, as there are as our brains are now if humans did that what would change well dave it's comparable to like having uh like a hemispheric stroke yeah. you're mm -hmm. just knocking out whatever is on that side if you're not utilizing right. that at all so switching back and forth. Well, I want to know what I would experience. Like, let's say I put my left hemisphere to sleep. The whole thing. You're not going to be able to talk. Speech. You're not going to be able, yeah, to understand. Yeah. You're basically right going to lose all language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right side. And then if I put... Yeah, your right side leg and arm and um, your visual cortex. So what if I put my right brain side? to sleep? What would I lose? You're going to lose all of your spatial awareness. Some you're gonna math. Right. Some math. You're, you're. I don't have any math. <laughs> you are gonna lose the left side of your body. You're gonna lose the left side of your visual fields. Mm. That's why Listen, I think, don't look into it. It's just bad for you. Okay. That's you why really I'm thinking. Don't, don't do, do it. That. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking it would be super trippy. Unless, unless you're a neonate with this plastic brain, then this is a completely different discussion. Oh. Says oh. the future pediatrician. <laughs> anyway, um, but isn't REM sleep 
remind me guys if I'm like, isn't REM sleep important for like long-term memory retention and that's like, one of the theories. Process? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you mention that? Did I just I did not that? mention it, but it is one oh, of the okay. one of the theories um, about what's going on. But that's why every night I'm like, you gotta sleep eight hours, Kylie. You have trouble memorizing all this stuff already. Yeah, I was under the impression that the prevailing theory was that it was for clearance of like metabolic waste, right? Also, one of the yeah, among Which the probably I don't know what's prevailing, heat, right? You think? Mm, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, if you're it's removing just toxic buildup, I mean, if you're if you're generating heat, the the reason, and I didn't mention this, but the reason that it's generating heat is because you know the extra activity increases blood flow to the brain. Which could also have the side effect of, rem- or also have the effect of removing toxins and, and metabolic. Uh, I, yeah, I wonder if that's why they say like the op, like one of the optimal uh, sleeping conditions is to sleep like at a slightly cooler temperature. Have you guys ever heard of that? Yes, I have heard of that. I thought that was just my comfort level. I didn't know that was an actual thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a thing. It's better to sleep cool than than super warm. like set, Amy. <laughs> you were the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. She's and the perfect like human. Survival of the fittest over here. That's right. If only you were like four inches taller. <laughs> oh, we like her just little and pocket sized. I know, but what if like everyone else picks the fruit at the you know lower branches, and then Amy's over there starving, trying to reach up higher? Kylie knows my pain. She'll it's, just have to make friends. I've with thought the about the apocalyptic <laughs> times a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. If someone saw how much macaroni and cheese was in my pantry, they would think I was preparing for it as well. She's prepared. Oh my God, Pat Oswald has a great bit about that, about like if ever there was an apocalypse, like you know, because he's on all this medication and antidepressants, he said something <laughs> like it's something like he would be the guy that they strapped to the front of like the monster truck from like Mad Max, <laughs> 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 you know, like I don't know that character that they like torture yes. or whatever. <laughs> He'd be like, "All right, whatever, this is cool. Okay, where are we going? Get gasoline? Okay." <laughs> That's cool. Um, you know, August feels like a ways away, but it's coming. It means that thousands of new med students will be joining us in med schools all over the country. Woo, congrats. <laughs> yep. Um, and there will be many awkward getting to know you orientation exercises. Well, I have found one on the web that I think might be a good one, but I think we should test it. Oh, all My right. name is Amy and I like apples. Well, yeah. Many, many awkward. So I, what I have here. I My have name two... is Kylie and never have I ever been arrested. I have two... <laughs> I have Was two... that your lie? <laughs> I have two piles of cards here. One is a pile of conversation starters I got from a conversation starter website. Oh, this sounds like a dating app sort of thing. Blessings to any of you that have to use that. The (laughs) the other pile is a secret trait. You will each take a secret trait card. Uh, Go right ahead and pick one from the pile. Don't don't show it to others. Can I look at it? You may look at it. I will start a conversation from these conversation (laughs) cards and occasionally introduce some new ones. Um, you, you'll, you'll work your secret trait into the conversation. If someone guesses your trait, give them your secret trait card and pick another. Uh, whoever ends up with the most cards at the end wins. Wait, right. sorry, Dave, can you repeat that? So we have to be sneaky with this. Yes, you will work your secret trait into the conversation that I start. If okay. someone guesses your secret trait, give them the secret trait card and pick another um, so we, as we continue. We have to explicitly say it. No, you don't have to. You're just gonna. You're just gonna sort of Mark, give yeah. them hints. Oh, we don't okay. want you to specifically say it. We just want you to act as though you have the secret trait, and so that they can guess okay. what that trait is. You do, or do you don't want it to be guessed. 
or you uh, do? Well, you probably don't want it to be guessed. Okay. Because then that but person because then they get okay. your card and a point. Okay. It doesn't really matter, Amy. I'm sorry. This go is not it, med Dave. school. <laughs> Eventually, I have to go back to a dark room in the bottom of the hospital. No, you so. don't. They'll never miss you. What were you really? <laughs> here's your conversation Listen, starter. No, one, no one's ever said, no, no, we, we can't start a surgery. The med student's not here. <laughs> yeah. That has never happened. What were you really into when you were a kid, Kylie? I mean, some art, maybe some history, some art about history stuff, oh, stuff like that art about, okay. you were a deep kid yeah <laughs> oh i oh well not really as a child i was just trying to allude to my card as a kid all about animals oh what about you amy what were you into what were you really into as when you were a kid i was all about gymnastics and being active and making sure that i ate enough to keep up with those activities oh yeah uh, aline <laughs> Uh, I read the Bible a lot <laughs> and out loud, and it hurt my throat. Oh boy! Right, how's your throat feeling now? It's a little sore. Okay. Do you yeah. have laryngitis? Well, partly. I mean, uh, that's not a hundred percent of, of the, the secret. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, keep going. Have your conversation, all of you. This is a, you're, we're uh, breaking the ice here between so, you new students. I'm super into needles. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know what card Were you have. into needles as a kid or are you into needles now? Cause as that. a kid, but like I couldn't do anything about my love for needles until I was 18. <laughs> were you into drugs? No, no. I wouldn't wait till I was were, 18 were, for that. Were you a phlebotomist? No. Yes. I, you were know, you art and needles? One of those child phlebotomists. Oh, art and needles about. and politics. And were you a high school football player who wanted to be good at sports but was secretly very artsy? No, surprisingly. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> were you... Well, that's uh, part of a needle exchange program. No, okay. Well, maybe it's just like one needle being put in repetitively over and over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and really fast. Now I know which card you have. To, to do art. Yeah. Oh, uh, sewing. Were you a. <laughs> Did you like um, sewing your own scarves? You'd have to be a pretty bad. S well, okay. Well, we did. Did I'm you sorry. like home ec? No. No. No, it's more rebellious or something like, I don't know. Oh, you're a tattoo artist. Oh, did you get tattoos or are you an artist? I can't. I, no, I can't draw. This is actually funny that I drew this one. Um, that you, well, that you I, got this I, tattoo. I, yeah, I was really rebellious. And instead of being wanting to be a doctor for a while, I told everyone I was going to be a tattoo artist, even though I couldn't draw. But yeah. that's real life, not my card. Huh. But tattoo is in there. Uh, well, let's move on. Well, well Amy, uh, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to tell us about yourself? Well, I had to be really selective about my diet while I was busy with gymnastics and all my sports. Are you the founder of the ketogenic diet? Uh, I would love to say yes, but, but no. But I almost had to adapt the ketogenic diet because I was so limited. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Do you have an allergy? No, I don't have any allergies. Did you eat paleo? No. Do I mean, kind of, just by what the foods I chose to select. I was kind of a paleo. Are you one of those vegetarians that only talks about being vegetarian? <laughs> no. Oh, do you have no, MS? 
I do not have MS. That would hinder my. Do you have degree. epilepsy? I I don't have any medical conditions. Actually, it's more of just, you know, this irrational fear. Well, this is kind of sad. All the things that are coming to my head now. <laughs> She's not sick. Anyway, um, Aline, okay. what else do you have to <clears throat> tell us? Uh, I work in a big building uh, with a lot of TVs, and I talk to a lot of people. And uh, are you I, part of the Geek Squad? Oh, <laughs> no. wait, we have to go with the laryngitis. Are you like oh. a TV anchor with oh. laryngitis? Getting, getting. Oh, are you an Are you a TV preacher? Yes. Yeah, oh good. my gosh! I'm a televangelist with laryngitis. I feel like oh we should gosh. split that card in half. Okay, yeah, just tear it right. <laughs> I agree down the with middle. that. I agree with that. Well, sadly, <clears throat> it looks like you guys are getting all anxious to go. We are. Mm. Not because we want but to. Before We're trying to I get leave, that on. I'll show you this tattoo of Barack Obama on my butt. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that real? Yeah. No, no. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and I should probably tell you that I'm afraid of bread. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh! Come on, we were never gonna get that. <laughs> no, we were never I, gonna get that. It, just to clarify, why does Barack Obama's name look weird? Is this? I, you know what? Like a C. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought there was a C. I didn't. Uh, I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, B a r a c k. You call yourself a Democrat. I. <laughs> I do love the man. I can't spell his name. No. All <laughs> right. Dave. Well, in that case. Listeners, if you want one of these nifty short code podcast key fobs, you can have one. All you have to do is leave us a review on Apple on Apple Podcasts or post about us somewhere on the interwebs where medical students and pre-meds hang out. Send us a screenshot to the shortcodes at gmail.com, just like a bunch of people did this week. I'll send you one of your very own. You can have one. Thank you for helping us out on this and for listening. It means a lot to us. And thanks to the people who left some iTunes reviews. Uh, if you did and you didn't send me your address, please do because I would love to send you a key fob as well. Meantime, we'll be putting a link to all the topics we've discussed in this episode show notes at theshortcode.com. But for now, that is our show. Guys, thank you so much. I can't even thank the two of them because they had to leave. They had to leave so quickly to go to radiology. Courtship. I guess so. It's just Aline left. But it's thank, just us. Thank you, Aline. You're welcome. For being with me today. My pleasure. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for making us part of your week. If you like what you heard today, we hope we've earned your subscription. Not only do we give out free key fobs, but we give out free advice. So it might even be good advice. So send your questions or whatever you like to the shortcodes at gmail.com or leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Thank you.